What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Vile Files. Very exciting episode today, I think, at least for Rochelle. <laughs> and hopefully the people listening at home, Dean Unglert, Unglert. <laughs> is our guest today, my dear friend, Dean. He's uh, so nice. He's so lo lo lovely human being. Rochelle has been uh, asking for this episode since the moment I met her. But very casually, right? Very casually. <laughs> She's like, hi, Nick, I'm going to be your producer. Also, I have a couple of good ideas of who you chef for guests. My <laughs> top three are Dean. And then oh. every week I had to be like, I mean, sure, it'll eventually happen. But like, that's low hanging fruit. I mean, for me in the sense that like, he's my friend and he's I can friend. always yeah, like, have him on, on and like, and so anyways, uh, but I, uh, I wanted to write for the right time. And yeah. I think this is a great time, obviously mm -hmm. with his time on, on paradise. And I, you know, I think, uh, hopefully yeah. people will enjoy it. And it seems like he's really been through a, like a personal journey too in the past since you've met him. Yeah. Dean's a really uh, authentic guy and i think he has the self-awareness as we get into a little bit uh, about uh, taking a you know a, a unique approach and an authentic approach to this television world and being willing to to open himself up for criticism mm -hmm. um and so we talk about that with dean a little bit yeah. about his life and his thoughts on the world the show um his relationship with kaylin yeah um, you guys have a really nice friendship yeah, I think there's a lot of mutual respect between Dean yeah. and I. I think Dean and I have a lot of similarities, and I think we have a lot of differences. And mm -hmm. and uh, kind of like you hope to with uh, someone you're in a romantic relationship with, you know, it's yeah. so, even with friends, it's nice to have friends who you relate to and have a lot of similar interests, but also they're good at things that you're not, and you both kind of help each other uh, experience life in a in a different way. Having friends like that help you help you get out of your own comfort zone. I know I. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a creature of habit. Yeah, he invited you to Egypt. Dean has invited me. And to you Egypt. said no. He said, "Can you go to Egypt next week?" It's <laughs> like, <So> no, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Rochelle also has some opinions on Bachelor in Paradise, which we will get into right after we share some great information. With well, Rochelle. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think of these two episodes? Honestly, I know you were bored, right? I, you know, it's it it's kind of the same way in, in Bachelor Bachelorette. It's like this is the part of the season. Yeah. It's like, all right, who's in love? Right. Who's really who's here for the right reasons? Right. And I find that to be sometimes both boring and at times disingenuous. I don't oh, know. Um, not for everyone. Who do you think's being disingenuous? Not necessarily. I don't know. It's just tell. No, I don't necessarily. It's it's just I don't know. I wasn't. You know. Yeah. What did you think of the JPJ Taisha breakup? I, I find that whole relationship somewhat confusing. Um, as we always say, that the show's never really over till it's over. And yeah. I know there's going to be a special and we'll kind of reconnect with who, where's everyone now? So who knows? First, she broke up with Derek. Like the whole Taisha, just in fairness to Taisha, she seems to be on a different maturity level than JPJ. Right. I agree with that, but for some reason, this breakup, I cried the most I've ever cried watching The Bachelor. Isn't that bizarre? I don't know if I was just in a weird place, but uh, I was like, I mean, really crying. I didn't, but <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say it's bizarre. It touched a nerve. Um, yeah, I don't know. He Just the way he handled it, I thought was he handled it pretty great where he was just like, okay, thank you, and like walked away. Listen, I, I, I don't know JPJ. He's uh, been... Uh, 
loved and he's gotten some criticism right and, and rightfully so but i don't like i don't think he's a bad guy and he's just a really young earnest person who truly i think is intoxicated by taisha right i'm right. not you know and he feels these feelings of love and uh there's definitely a power dynamic that's all on, on taisha right and so it's like I don't know if that's a real relationship, but who knows? Maybe, maybe outside of the real world, they have a they'll reconnect. I, I don't, I don't know. But yeah. uh, it was a cute in that sense. To your point, I guess it's endearing to see the young puppy dog love. You've seen that so. with JPJ and Dylan this season, where yeah. it's just you know, like some people can call it a, an obsession. Some people could just say like it's an exciting feeling to feel these incredible feelings for someone you've never felt to right. really feel like, how did I get this person? It's an exciting feeling. Right. Also heartbreaking when you realize you didn't actually. <laughs> oh, uh, really? Like, I you, don't know. Oh, okay. Well, right. They broke up. And so mm, mm-hmm. such a power. Dynamic. I mean, Tasha has all the power. Yeah. And that's not, you really laid it out there. Want to get relation- married. Yeah. It's not a relationship. Yeah. Right. Don't you think? Yeah, you're right. Tasha's 29 now, 28? I don't know. He's 24? That's mm-hmm. a pretty significant gap. Well, and she's been married. and Yeah, she's got a lot more life uh, perspective than I think JPJ yeah. does. So uh, yeah. I think it's just hard to... to. It's not an even playing field. What do you think of Demi's like, confronting Christian about touching the other women? Um, I think it's... Uh, I don't know. Like... Again, for me, it's just like, okay, now we're kind of, we're, we're re, like, it was all the drama, who is dating who, and now we're kind of getting back to the couples, yeah. right? A lot of like, hey, remember us, we're still dating, yeah. and and addressing any issues they may or may not have. Uh, again, uh, I, you, everyone knows how I feel about the Demi and Christian situation and relationship, and I'm, I'm glad they continue to show this relationship as just like any other relationship and to me that's all i really care about is in regards to this relationship is normalizing uh that relationship and so i liked that that's really my only two cents on that yeah cool um any other real drama about the show i mean we have the dean and 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 kaylin um you i just thought it was so funny that connor was like said that kaylin interrupted him talking with whitney at the wedding like he was upset about that. I mean, again, I I, I think it's um, Connor is also young, and I th- yeah, I think it's easy to make the mistake of coming across as kind of somewhat hypocritical in that right, world. Right. Um, I th- I don't yeah. again. I'm sure Connor has the best intentions, yeah. and it's just. You know, it's it. You're easily influenced by your insecurities in that world, yeah. and I think you're probably seeing a lot of that. With that's what you saw with JPJ and Derek, and you probably see that with Connor and and Dean. Yeah. And the reality is, is that uh, Dean and and Derek are both uh, older and and more mature than Connor and JPJ, and that has nothing. Like that's not a criticism. That's just a reality of their age and they also have the experience in that world. So they're more mature and there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's intimidating, I think. And I think you see that being projected in some of the, uh, shade that's being thrown uh, by Connor and JPJ. Right. Um, you and Colton hung out this week, huh? 
Well, I did see Colton. Uh, Colton was uh, awarded uh, the Grace Rose uh, Award for uh, his work in the cystic fibrosis. Cystic. I've realized over the weekend that cystic fibrosis is hard to say. <laughs> I had to say it a bunch of times. It's when not I the was, cutest. I had the pleasure of introducing uh, Colton uh, as he accepted this award. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great event. Um you know, through you and your sister and, and Colton, I've, be, I've become more and more familiar with obviously the cystic virosis community and the mm-hmm. challenges that the people that face. And, and, and again, it's just, um, they talked a lot about, you know, what I was became awareness, uh, aware of on this, uh, not only is the disease itself an issue, but just the mental health aspect that plays a, a role, not only to the, the person diagnosed with the disease, but the family. I mean, in essence, you're, you're basically yes. given a death sentence yeah. early in, in someone's life. And then, you, you know, uh, a death sentence and knowing that it's going to be shorter than you had hoped or expected your life to be. And yeah. then, then it's just like, when is this day going to come? You're kind of trying to f- constantly extend that. And as a young person, uh, knowing that your life will be shortened, um, I truly can't imagine. And so the anxiety yeah. and depression and mental challenges that come with that is, yeah. is uh, eye-opening. And so, like, I have anxiety all the time, like that I'm not spending time with her sure. because I'm like, I don't know how time long yeah. she's gonna have. But I mean, at the same time, any of us, you know. But like, she is a doctor, so she doesn't have any time. And then I, I get mad at my mom. I, I mean, it's just like it's a nightmare. <laughs> it can be tough. So yeah. uh, again. Uh, Grace Rose, Colton, a lot of people are trying to do great things in, in this very uh, unfortunate world of cystic fibrosis and without honestly money. And they talked a lot about that over the weekend. It, they've done a lot of research and, uh, and some amazing things through cystic fibrosis yeah. with cystic fibrosis and the research they've done. And they can't do it without uh, people's contributions. So if you are willing and, and have a dollar or more to spare, we will uh, put a link on our uh uh, our page yeah. where you can find us for uh, LA's finest walk, the purple carpet. And you can buy tickets actually and hang out. Um, I'll be Nick. there. Nick will be there. He's nominated. It's Friday, November 8th. And the ticket money goes to help um, with research. We're still far away from reaching our goal. Yeah, we're at $500. Our goal was 5000 <laughs> We're at 500 Yeah. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> I mean, trust me, if everyone who's listening donated one dollar, we would uh yeah we would we would far exceed mm-hmm. um so uh, if you could that'd be great it would uh, one dollar there's a link in um our bio uh and uh, we'll even put it on our Instagram, so go check it out. It's really simple and uh and people, I really appreciate people all like you're Rochelle doing, Rochelle's sister and Grace Rose and all the uh thousands uh, of young kids and people suffering from this disease. I'm sure would appreciate longer lives. Yeah. So, with that said, Dean Unglert. <laughs> Dean Unglert. Unglert? Unglert. Unglert. It's a tough one. How are you, my friend? Have we started? Yeah, now we're starting. <laughs> Is there like a lead-in song or anything? There will be, yeah. Cool. But we're going to do an intro, and depending on how well this goes, we will talk about that <laughs> to say, well, maybe you should tune in, maybe not, or... This is going to be a really good How do you not episode. know his last name? I just, no, I do. Oh. But I just kind of mumbled as I sometimes do with words. And then, <laughs> Unglert. Unglert. Dean Unglert, thanks for coming, buddy. Thanks for having so me. So nice to have you. It's great to be here. I had. think you're, what, Dean's are my fourth male guest? Fourth or fifth? You've had Brad, you've had Tyler, you've had... Straight male, though. Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison. 
Chris Harris. I'm not keeping track or anything, but yeah. It, oh that, no, Dean. All I know. Bad. All I know is I'm not the first. <sighs> you uh, you are not. Well, you also have a competing podcast. Do you want to plug it quick? Uh, yes, if you're listening to this and you need some dating <laughs> advice, be sure to tune in to Help I Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. And then come back here for the right answer. Oh, right. oh no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Dean uh, has become a very close friend of mine. I really quite enjoy Dean. You know, uh, with people, we always get asked about who we're friends with in, in Bachelor Nation. And I always kind of tell people it's, it's like working at any company. There's some people uh, you like and seem fine. There are acquaintances. There's some people you grow really close with and there's some people you choose to avoid. Mm-hmm. And Dean is someone who I've, I've grown to quite love and care for. Thanks, man. You're an interesting person um, and you're a free spirit. And I find, I, I, I feel like you and I relate to each other in terms of uh, you seem to have this uh, thing inside of you that kind of wants to uh, go against the grain as much as possible and i appreciate that about you and you're also very smart well wow. so i look forward to getting into it with you i'm a fo- look forward looking forward to it as well just to kick things <laughs> off can we go back so formal can we go back and redo that because i said that weird no it's great you're right and i do feel like my uh i do feel like generally speaking i'm a i'm a smart guy it's hard to hang out with you because i often feel like my intelligence is dwarfed by you and you say these big words i don't understand and i just pretend like i know what you're talking about so if, I, if you ever see me just kind of like gl- eyes glaze over or anything like that, just carry on and I'll try and figure but out But you know what the trick clues. is, Dean? I just sometimes use big words that I've heard before. Yeah. And I'm I'm banking on the fact that a lot of people, Rami, won't know what they mean. Yeah. And so it all just sounds smart. Yeah. Well, Nick, I'll tell you this right now. It's working. Yeah. <laughs> you're a really smart guy. You're, you're, um, and you have a lot of, uh, you're, you're very self-aware. And I think that's, I think more than anything, that's what I appreciate about you. I think especially in both, uh, I guess, this, our society in general, it's harder and harder to find. I think LA, it's even harder. And I think sometimes in Bachelor World, uh, self-awareness can um, be lacking uh, for some of the other obstacles and pressures that people face. And I think you've always been really good at that and really honest about your flaws hmm. you you seem to be you know when i talk to you uh the first to admit about something you're not good at and i think we saw a lot about i think we saw a lot of that, of that this season which i really appreciated thanks i think it was kind of one thing that took a while for me to uh grow into and i i was actually thinking about this just yesterday a little bit about how i think bachelor specifically kind of lacks self-awareness the individuals in it and i was thinking about why why that is and why people are like that and i was like trying to reverse engineer it and i go back to the idea that you know everyone that goes onto the show initially is is just like a regular decent looking human being who has a good job somewhere in probably like los angeles dallas chicago new york wherever it is and you come off the show and you have all of this attention and you're letting people like inflate your ego so much to where you start believing into the things that the hype that people are saying about you you have too much access to other people's opinions that you don't know. Right. And I think that so many people fall prey to that and they start to believe the own hype that other people are saying about. And then you all, and then we kind of all start, there's a, it's like high school and we all start, we're competing, especially now with social media. You see Mm. that with, you know, there's, 
Um, and it was, we've all kind of gotten caught in the middle of it. And sometimes we're, we, we, we take jabs at each other and mm -hmm. then we're just like, ah, we, we kind of regret doing that. Yeah. And it's, and then we get told a, a lot of people will come up and they'll feed us information. And we kind of believe that our own bullshit sometimes, right. um, it can get tough. So, so then for me, the interesting thing was coming off the bachelor the first time I was like super hyped up. Everyone just loved me and like yes. all, and like all my friends. I even had like an ex-girlfriend reach out and she goes, dude, it's so hard seeing all this hype around you because like, you're not that cool. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I don't understand it either. And then honestly, honestly, one of the best things that happened to me was like the whole paradise. Um, is this a fam family podcast? You, you can, can swear. You want. Yeah. The, the fuck, fuck, shit the fuck, the fuck mm. boy uh, yeah. uh, thing that uh, I underwent during Bachelor in Paradise. Honestly, it was one of the better things that could have happened to me because uh, if there was a spectrum of fuck boy if there's a spectrum of Bachelor in Paradise Dean to Bachelorette Dean, I would fall closer to the Bachelor in Paradise Dean just as a regular person. So like oh. that was a more closely uh, accurate depiction of who I am than Bachelorette. Who like... Did you make you feel safer to like just kind of be out in the world? Yes, 1000%. When Bachelorette was airing and and, and uh, all of the hype was building, I was like almost scared to leave my house to a degree because I was like, I'm not this person. Oh, I'm not this like right. angelic choir boy who like wants no. to marry right now and no. have like... I, I, you know, I can want those things, but I'm not, that's not, that's not who I am. Yeah. And that's not to say that you, again, the, the show can put, will silo you, especially mm -hmm. in the bachelor or bachelor. And then you just become this one thing, right? And you feel that pressure. I saw Tyler recently and we were, we're talking. Tyler, see everyone. And I was joking with him and he kind of made a comment about recently. He's gotten just slight slight heat in the press because it was like he couldn't possibly live up and we've joked on this podcast about tyler c is great but also just a guy mm -hmm. and i don't know everything about tyler but i'm willing to bet like you like me and like all of us he's a guy with uh attractive qualities and unattractive qualities and he's done things to be praised for and he's done things i'm sure to be criticized for and sometimes when you get all that love and adoration, it can be very challenging mm -hmm. to like, what if people realize I've like was rude to someone, you know, right. something so trivial, it can be challenging. Well, then, so to tie it back into the, to the self-awareness thing is once you see like the people build you up for something that you maybe don't necessarily see in yourself, then you just start to like self-deprecate and you're like, this is who I am. And you're either going to like me for this or you're not going to like me at all. And if you like me, great. If you don't like me, that's fine too. But I'm not going to like pretend to be something that I'm not. And I think that's kind of where, because this whole self-awareness thing, in my opinion, for my, for me, has only really happened over the past like year and a half, maybe a little bit less. So yeah, that. I mean, I, I how long have I known you? A year and a half, two years. Yeah. That's it? Oh, yeah. wow. I get, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess to that point, I haven't, I've only known you for a short long and I've kind of, it was after obviously the, the Bachelorette and yeah. bef right before you went on Paradise. But um, I appreciate that you've done that. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I, I can relate to what you're saying, but it's the opposite. I, I was on the opposite side where I got all the criticism <laughs> and, and that sucked, but it was way it was almost better coming up and that gave me a lot of perspective mm -hmm. because every all, for all the people who are losing their shit about oh, just the tiny bit of criticism i was like that's nothing man you know and i st you still see it where everyone's very defensive over a little a little bits of stuff and i still get defensive right. but you see that people just freaking out over nothing and right. then you you look at 
you know, like, you know, uh, Luke S had a, a tough week, so to speak, you know, hmm. like I, I felt bad, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a tough couple episodes and probably didn't un, undeserved, but like most of the people who go through that show who get bent out of shape for something don't have to deal with that type of kind of, um, portrayal. What do you mean exactly? Well, I mean like not getting a rose and like, the, you know, it was kind of an unnecessary poke at Lucas. What, the not getting the rose? Well, he was giving out the rose. He was giving out no a rose and it. no one wanted it. You've never seen that before. It was, ugh. Well, you can kind of commend Brie for at least declining to accept the rose from him, though, could you not? No, listen, all I'm saying is he really, he really got punched mm-hmm. in the gut. And that sucks. But other people who, like, will sometimes say or do something that they said or did, and they don't necessarily like how it got oh. Uh, how it came across yeah. will freak out and it's nothing compared to say like that situation right i agree with what you're saying and I, I what i've noticed too is and, and what i've kind of become a big advocate of is like owning your convictions and if you kind of put those out there before anyone else can then you're like taking ownership of those things and accountability for those things and so like whenever anyone else then drags you for that yeah you're just like laughing at yourself and you're laughing at them doing like it's, it's, it's just a group laughing at the situation rather than like taking the burden yes. on yourself it's like eminem and eight mile yeah you know you, you i am white you, i do have a friend named cheddar bomb who shot himself <laughs> in the leg yeah <laughs> right so the, the, when you say like owning up to your conviction, I mean, can you elaborate more on that? I mean, obviously just be beating people to punch, but like, what are the things that you going in this time? Do you have conviction about that? You felt, I'm just going to put this on the table. Um, I, other than just wearing scrubs down to the beach, which I really, really liked. It really set the tone for honestly, I don't care. I'm going to get into, I'll get into it a little bit and I'll try my best to explain it. So, my experience, I've both of us have been on this show quite a number of times. I think we equal each other as a count at four. 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 Um, See that? Let the record show. <laughs> record show. With that, though, funny enough, is I've been in more relationships from the Bachelor franchise than you have. Also true. Right. Um, in my experience, I have... Because I've avoided them more than... Like, I was, you have. Uh, you you yeah. very actively avoid them, yeah. which is but anyway, probably for the best. I'm, I'm saying that with a sensitive uh, heart. For because I, I get sensitive of the uh, I got dumped and you know but anyway you being you're defensive in a, you're in a, in a precarious situation just because yeah you got dumped twice and then you were the bachelor it's like you don't really want, you can't really date in the franchise after being the bachelor you can't well, the whole, like course, getting like, dumped twice was like I took second twice in two seasons and somehow that became the yeah it's actually a good thing dumped. everybody I'm not saying it's good but like <laughs> everyone else got dumped too man <laughs> but anyways continue. oh yeah that, that season where Nick got dumped um. <laughs> Yeah, well, 28 other guys did too. (laughs) Um, What I've noticed is in this franchise, especially, and it kind of, it's funny, it goes back to to our earlier conversation about self-awareness is there is a heavy saturation of misrepresentation of self. And so people will like, on the show, you can say all these things about who you are and what you do and what you believe and what you want to do and like all your plans and all your goals. But it's easy to say that within that bubble because there's no way to like necessarily fact check the things people are saying about themselves. Um, and then you get out of that and you realize those things don't necessarily align with what they're saying. And so coming into Bachelor in Paradise season six for the second time in Paradise, fourth time in total, I was like, I'm just going to absolutely undersell the shit out of myself. I'm going to say, you know, I'm unemployed. I'm homeless. I have this ridiculous mustache. I'm basically wearing clothes that I haven't washed in months. Not basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show the absolute worst side of myself. And it still is going to be okay. 
And that way that if I leave, you know, obviously this is day one going into paradise. If I leave with someone from paradise, I don't want to leave with anyone. But if I do, then they're going to be pleasantly surprised coming out of the show because they're going to realize that all of these, like when I was talking to Caitlin on the first day or second day, I was like telling her, I was like, look, I don't want to hang out with your friends. I don't have any friends. No one wants to be my friend. I was telling her these things. I didn't air any of this stuff. I was convincing her that I had zero friends. There's and, a reason why. <laughs> and she was still like, that's weird that you don't have any friends, but like, okay. And wow. I was like literally showing them the absolute worst sides of myself. So that way when we got off the show, she would be pleasantly surprised by all of the things that she could like actually be like, oh, that's actually really nice that you have friends and that you actually in a weird way you do have a job of sorts you make money you can travel freely all these things uh i'm gonna tease you a little bit but i want to follow up with something well is that in a way manipulative it might be <laughs> you know a little bit maybe i could see i could see why you would say that yeah i don't think it personally is but i'm, I could I'm see giving why you a hard that. time okay. but um yeah i mean i i think that that is great and that's that it's hard to do. We talked about on, on Monday's episode of, I think, real confidence is admitting insecurities mm -hmm. and, and pointing out what you are worried, what people are thinking about you. Um, like, I know you're a free spirit and you're very independent, but are any of those things, things that you actually have insecurities about, about being different, about like being non-traditional? I know you, you've talked a little bit about your childhood and growing up mm. and it's very again non-traditional are those things that you sometimes get insecure about when you're when when people you know holidays come up and talk about family and all they're doing is that something that i think if you were to ask me that question a year ago i would have said absolutely yes i would get insecure about it but now i i don't and i think part of that comes from owning those owning all of that stuff and it, this is like it's a new thing for me right like i don't I've never really been proud of my family dynamic before up until just recently. Even my, I was actually just thinking about this the other day too, is one of the biggest things that I dislike that people say to me that they've been saying a lot to me lately is Dean's turning out to be like his father. I oh. hate that. Why? Well, yeah. Because A, it's like you're basically implying that me turning out like my father is a bad thing. Right. Which sure, my father has his issues to sort through and to deal with. We all saw that on my hometown. But, but you using me turning out like my father as an insult is kind of frustrating for me. You yeah, know what I mean? That can be hard. Also, good or bad. I mean, you know, my guess is I don't know much of anything about your father. Mm -hmm. I do know that like... Nor do I. <laughs> I, I do like through, through you, you, you know, um, you're living in a van. Your dad also has or does. He lives in an RV now, yeah. He lives in an RV. Uh -huh. Your childhood was very much kind of like that. And so they're comparing to that. But in terms of qualities and how he had treated his friends and relatives versus you, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I've never met your dad. But do you think there? I there, think there's the, uh, those comparisons that you get defensive about? I think they're, they're just going from the aesthetics of it all. You know, like he grows out a mustache, grows out his hair. They 100% are. But I'm wondering, do you get defensive about... Uh, you thinking about the person not the aesthetics it's weird because despite like all of despite the disconnect between my father and i um i still go to bat for him publicly like that you know like i don't want as you should of course. i don't think other people should be talking shit about my father right yeah. like i can talk shit about my father all i want but not <laughs> yeah. other people <laughs> i feel the same way it's like when you're in a relationship sometimes and you're like your girlfriend or boyfriend is constantly nagging at yeah. you i will say i've had more than a couple girlfriends who were more on the naggy, aggressive 
critical side of things. <laughs> I no, will, really? I yeah. will say this about them, though. When it was other people talking about me, they would fucking go to bat. Nice. It was always those people who were like the most, they'll like, they'll tear you down. But right. everyone, anyone else, they would like, it would stab them, you yeah. know, if, uh, if they were ever. And you like that. To. You like to see that. Right? I do. Well, I like the latter part. I yeah. like the loyalty. Yeah. I would like to have it not come with a significant price, but right. that's neither here nor there. But it is nice with, uh, when you're close to, you don't want other people talking shit. Yeah. And again, I, I don't know that. What was, I guess, the initial question that we were trying to answer there? Because when I think about it in my like alternate lifestyle choices that I make, um, I think that I look back to my childhood and obviously I think that's a big part of it, right? Like yeah. when I was, when I was really young from one year old until four years old. So for three years of my life, we lived in an RV. My family did. My father like bought a school bus, basically ripped everything out of it, converted it into a living space. So there's five beds in this God. school bus, 40 foot long school bus that we lived in and traveled in for three years until we eventually wild. settled in Colorado. How many siblings do you have? Four, I have three, so there's four of us total, and then the two parents, so there's six Good of us. Good family. It's big, it was big. Well, you have way more than that, but. But still, that's a, like, that's not like. Yeah. And, then, and then that lifestyle is, it makes it. Yeah, we were, su we were super like transient, and uh, like we sold temporary tattoos. My father like panhandled for cash on the side, like at stoplights in order oh to like pay God. our bills, um, a bunch of stuff like that. And then so I, it's funny because I was thinking about this just the other day as well, where um, when I was younger, like, you know, late, uh, single digits, early preteens, whatever, one of like the biggest unifying ideas that we had as a family was we were always like, oh yeah, remember what that time we lived in the school bus for three years. And like, that was like this weird thing that brought us together that basically like defined our family. And then, so now it's just like, I think it's kind of like coming a full circle for me to be like, oh, I'm going to live in a van now because like I have this comforting feeling of doing that from when I was a kid and how that oh. kind of like bonded all of us as children. How long are you going to do the van thing? If I can make it a year, I'm going to be happy. So if I started, what, June 28, 2019, if I make it June 2020, I'll be happy. Do you feel like, I, I've talked about this before uh, on other shows, just comparing the, your ability to travel alone mm. and so independently, I am very envious of because I, I couldn't do that on multiple levels. I wouldn't know how to, I mean, I, listen, if I had to, I could, but I don't know how to plan something like that yeah. just to do it. I would just, it would, I would have constant anxiety from beginning to end. Uh, but that's so, that's strange to me because you're so comfortable being alone. <laughs> Not really though. Uh, I think that you I are, like though. being with people. I've become comfortable with being alone, but I often feel lonely. And when I feel lonely, mm -hmm. I seek out, yeah, he talks. Um, um, I seek out company. Mm -hmm. um, and I like, but, but I'm comfortable being alone like sitting on my couch watching football doing questions with Nick, yeah. right? But when I'm sharing a new experience, I want to be able to share it with someone. Mm -hmm. And even when you travel, what I find fascinating is your ability to like, you know, I'm just watching your Instagram. Like you you seem to be around people. Mm -hmm. You're always finding people uh, so freely. And just when I've gone out with you, you you are, you're more open than I am out in, 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 in public. And mm -hmm. I find that to be really uh, I'm, I'm envious of that of you what makes you able to to do that and is it because of your childhood that has allowed you to kind of just roll with the punches so to speak in a kind of whatever comes our way kind of mentality i will say whenever people ask what my favorite characteristic of myself is i respond with my ability to adapt to new environments pretty well um whether that's like going to college or living in los angeles or traveling by myself or going out to bars with friends or whatever it is um i think that 
I, I think that the biggest defining moment in my life as like a socialite was when I was 18, I got a job at a hotel, the Ritz Carlton in Aspen as a bellman. And they put you through this like very strenuous, like HR onboarding process. It's like two weeks long. And they're like, we're just going to make you like the most charismatic person we possibly can, because that's what the guests want. They sure. want someone charismatic that you can converse with, et cetera. And I worked at that hotel for four, three years. And I like, I, I literally attribute my ability to like carry conversations or like be interesting in terms of like, you know, when to turn it on. Yes. And I, I thank the Ritz Carlton and Aspen Highlands for that. That's amazing. <laughs> that's a great skill. I mean, you think about it. That's it's it's an education they were willing to train you and and that's and pay me too which is great that's pretty great um so that's kind of what i attribute that ability to and it's interesting to like look back and kind of find the origin point for that um but nowadays it's like it's funny because i look back at my time when i was like 18 19 etc in college whatever and like you know you still struggle with your identity when you're in college especially and so i was like trying to find my friend group all of that kind of stuff in it while I was still finding it, I spent a lot of time alone as like a freshman, sophomore in college or whatever. And at the time I was like, I was like terrified to go eat by myself or I was terrified to like go to the store by myself. And just because I didn't want other people like criticizing me or like being judgmental of me being by myself. Mm. And now as a 28 year old, I'm like, I would almost prefer to go to dinner by myself. Yeah. We, we talked about this, uh, I think with uh, baby Becca and her uh, podcast host, Jess, um, about you know, being alone and, and loneliness. And we talked a lot about having like date night with yourself, which I would like when I was younger, the idea of going to a movie by myself was like, I would like, I'm, I'm right. I am not a, I'm a loser, but not a total. Right. Loser. There's like a negative. <laughs> to it. Um, I still don't love going to movies by myself, but at dinner by myself, totally, totally fine. Yeah. And I, when I moved to a new city, I was uh, like sitting up even like a nice like steak place sitting at the bar by myself is actually well, you've told me some stories about you in chicago yeah. like because you obviously didn't know many people in chicago. i didn't know anyone yeah and that's tricky it's tricky yeah. but when you do it you give yourself the freedom you give yourself permission to do it because you're not judging yourself you have this built-in excuse of well i don't know anyone mm -hmm. as, a as opposed to a city in which you have all these friends but they're all busy and you're like, well, I'm only here because no one wants to hang right, out with right, me. Right. And then you've, you've inside, it, it's all comes. It's, it's the story you tell yourself. Yeah. No, yeah. No one else knows at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. If they did, they're like, I bet that guy's friends don't want to hang out with him. <laughs> like, that's not happening. They're all just like, why is this really, you know, if it was you, like, this handsome guy just by himself. Just, wow. Just, man, that guy. He's confident. He <laughs> he's got he's just waiting for the women just, to walk up. He's just oozing the confidence. Where did you go to college? University of Colorado, oh. Colorado Springs. What was your major? Business. Uh, what was it? Business management. <laughs> what uh, What is your least favorite thing about yourself? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, that you attribute from your childhood, I guess, since you your favorite thing was your ability to adapt. Mm. I mean, I've got pretty severe attachment issues. <laughs> so I think that's probably my biggest uh, issue In terms of you push people away. Yeah, yeah. How's how's Caitlin doing, by the way? Am I allowed to be uh I don't know. Are right you? Now? No. What did they tell you? Honestly, I don't even know where we're at right now. <laughs> so you guys are together. Great. Uh, <laughs> when does this episode air? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, we're together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her silhouette's been all over your Instagram. So, what do you mean? You know, the worst kept secret. I know. Um, <laughs> we got to a point where we were just like, you know what? As long as we're not posting pictures with the other person in it, we're just going to go ahead and keep doing our I mean, on, on, on my season of Paradise... Amanda and Josh were on the cover of Us Weekly like mid oh, mid season. So well, I think with Paradise it's they care less. Like they, they care less and there's multiple storylines. And while you guys are wonderful, you're not the right. 
and we're storyline. And we're not engaged. You're not engaged. Uh, but I do remember we were on a flight back from um, Italy a couple, like a month ago, and we landed at LAX. And I opened my phone, and I got like I had like a hundred texts and uh, like a bunch of Facebook tag or Instagram tags. And there was like E News ran an article about Dean and Caitlin dating, and we were like, well, what the hell? Like the show hasn't even began airing yet. Yeah. yeah, they were like taking pictures of us walking through Venice or like on the airplane and stuff like that. And so it was weird that like our relationship was spoiled not by like some small spoiler page, but E News like ran an article saying like Dean and Caitlin are dating. In fairness, you guys could have been doing some sort of. Uh bachelor appearance in, in, a, Italy, you know, yeah. in Italy. You never and, know. And the interesting thing about that is E! News is like an ABC correspondent in a sense, right? So like you don't have to think like ABC almost greenlit them to run that story. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know for sure, but my understanding is they try to work with them Yeah. in that sense. They are an independent news uh, entity. So, so they're they, still going to run it if they want to. They're going to make their own decisions, but I think they're always... Uh, it's kind of like, well, they're also just one entity. Like if everyone's reporting on something, you know, they're not, they're not always getting permission, but yeah. they're, I think they try to work with them, I guess. Is Wasn't the there like a tattoo picture you posted with her at a tattoo parlor? Um, well, I didn't post it, but uh, I guess the guy sitting across from us took a picture and sent uh, it to TMZ or something like annoying. that. Um, so, you know, with your attachment issues, yeah. uh, have, what was it? What's your longest relationship you ever had? Maybe just over a year just over here yeah are you always the one saying <gasps> can't do it have um, you ever been dumped have you ever had your heart broken yes i have been dumped i have had my heart broken who broke your heart um someone outside of the show have you been obviously in love before how many times have you been in love why this is not about me because <laughs> I, I want to i want to bring us into this together <laughs> yeah you gotta be how vulnerable. many times have i, him to be how many times I been in love simple question how many, well, how many times have I said I love you to someone? No, that's not the question. How many times have you been in love? Well, I guess to answer that question, I, I, I meant it every time I said it, right? Okay, sure. Um, that, but those were all different things. The first time I was in love was a, a feeling I never felt before. And I didn't know how to process those emotions. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, one, two, three. I mean, three outside of, of Bachelor Nation yeah. before. And then, I'm, again, I will never take back saying I love you to Andy, Caitlin, or Vanessa. It was in within those, in that environment. And there's uh, some um, outside influences that create this, like, rush of emotions. Mm -hmm. But in those moments, I truly had those feelings for them. So I don't take it back. It was yeah. just different. Right. I mean, Vanessa also very different than Caitlin and Andy. Because we actually had a real relationship outside of the show, outside of the show and, sure. and, you know. So for me, I've been in love three times. I was in love once as a teenager, once as a young college student, and then once in my mid-twenties. And Not now? <laughs> not now. Not now. Um, and I'm, I'm open about Wait, it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, He's open about it. I'm absolutely willing to share that. And, I'm, and she is well aware of that. <laughs> but we're working on it. It's, yeah. a, it's a process, you know? Um, and I don't think she, whatever, we're not getting into that right now. Anyways. Um, so your question was, have I been broken up with or have my heart been broken? I've definitely had been broken hearted before. Like my, I've been cheated on by girls that I'm in love with many times and that's heartbreaking. Um, I've been dumped, but what I, what I've done in the past as a weak willed, weak minded individual, you get them to break up with you. I find ways to make them break up with me. That's wow. the, tr that's the trick. Mm -hmm. What trick? I mean, I think. I think a lot of men do that mm -hmm. more than women. I feel like 100%. Uh, is 
Um, I, I don't know what the reason is. I guess it's maybe from a cult. Like I don't, you know, I don't want to be the bad guy. I would rather have you just be mad at me. Fine, I don't care. So I'll just we're cowards. Stop basically. sucking. <laughs> I'll start sucking as a boyfriend. Um, yeah. and that way I'm not the bad guy. And then you broke up with me. Right. Mm. And so I, it's pretty. Com- guys do it a lot. I've talked with a lot of people of all ages about it's. Yeah, he's giving to break up with you. Right. Um, and so what I'm uh, lately in my later adult life, I've been more like I'm putting my foot down and I'm ending this relationship because I'm not getting what I need. And clearly you're not getting what you need either. And that, Good and for you. To that point, it's that's great because that is a more mature mm-hmm. and brave thing to do because you're taking accountability for your own actions and saying, you know, you might hate me for this, but I'm going to be honest. And again, we've talked about this on the show before. It's like you have to be honest even when it's hard to do because people often say, well, I didn't, I didn't want to tell you because I thought you'd be mad. Yeah. And that's not thinking about the other person. That's only thinking of yourself and trying to avoid an awkward situation. Right. And so you're taking accountability and ownership for how you feel and allowing that person to hate you because they might say, fuck you, Dean, or I hate you. You're selfish. You've changed all this. Na-, like all those things inev- inevitably come from sometimes telling someone how you feel yeah. about a situation is hard to do. But my my experience with that too is I'm I'm always kind of blown away by the reaction that you receive from doing something like that when it's very clear that both people in the relationship are not happy and it's like how are you going to get upset with someone for ending something that you didn't want to be in in the first place you know what I mean that rejection trigger it's, yeah that's, right. I think those are just feelings and hurt and then you're trying to process it and we like your egos I mean if you're you're not thinking about that. Right. Think of all the relationships that are out there when when oh, you're broken up with and you're pining over this person that fast forward right before you broke up, all you were doing was bitching about them to your friends. Right. And what yeah. people always do that, like right. men and women both do that. And then you're like, as the friend, you're like, you didn't even like them, but oh my God, no, they were sweet. And you start defending them because you got broken up with right. and you're trying to justify the relationship that you, you know, it's, it's, it's all ego driven. Right. So it's... Yeah, you know, it's interesting, like when people get in the van and they have the camera on them and they're like, it's never about like, oh, I'm so sad this person broke up with me. I really love them. It's always like, this always happens to me. I'm never good enough. Like everyone always says I'm such a catch. Why am I still alone? Yeah, Yeah, because you're always trying to validate. It's like, what the fuck? It's rejection. Like when you get cheated on, this whole thought of why would someone cheat on me? (laughs) It feels like like it's an like. People take it as a reflection of themselves. It really has nothing to do with that because even in a relationship that's not working, that other person could have ended it before they fucked someone else. Right. Uh, but it feels like a reflection of of, of you. I mean, that's an, I know how I, I that's how I felt when I was cheated on. It's just like, <gasps> really, you? Why? Why am I not good enough not to be right. cheated on? Like, what know? am I not giving you that someone else is able to? Yeah. It's like, and then you start fantasizing about like them being yeah it will mm-hmm. fuck you with you and it's all just about your ego and right. you start and then you stop what you're doing is assessing the actual actual relationship on whether was it healthy or not right. you literally like people will really just not even look at the actual relationship it's just about why wasn't i good enough right yeah absolutely and so for me with relationships uh especially i don't know actually how, how to really phrases properly but i've always been very selective of the people that i enter into relationships with and i think you're very selective as well rightfully so it's because like you don't want to you you want to make sure that you're with someone that meshes well with who you are what you want and what 
you see a relationship being, right? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, I've become more, and I talked about this before, I, I fear sometimes I've gotten a little too selective yeah. in that sense. I could almost agree with that. I've I think got, you are a little too selective. <laughs> and that's just because I, and it's just, I, 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 ha, I, I don't know what it looks like that I should pursue now. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm, it's like I meet this person, that person, oh, you're great. You're, I'm very attracted to you or you're fun to talk. I, it's harder to just go for it. Right. And I think I have to try to do that. Mm -hmm. um, for me, there's a little bit of having my guard up or, mm -hmm. or whatever. Part of it too is maybe some selfishness of, um, I don't want to really commit to this because I'm afraid in a six weeks, I won't feel mm -hmm. the way you want me to feel. Right. And then I'll have to have some awkward conversation or just get them to break up with you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I've, I've, I, I, I have a bad habit and I don't know if you feel that you do the same of, of playing out the early stages of a relationship and I'll meet someone and then just be like, well, let's just be friends. And in my head, I'll be like, well, I, this, this isn't going to work out. And I don't really know. I haven't really given them or the relationship a shot. Right. And so for me, so the big reason I came back for Kaylin actually to ask her to be my girlfriend was because I did a lot of thinking about it. And I was like, I was like, look, I know Kaylin and I aren't a perfect match on paper, right? Like she has all these interests and my interests are way on the other side of the spectrum. And I know that, but I guess I wanted to be able to go back and make like a concerted effort and be like, listen, I know that we don't perfectly align in terms of our, our values, uh -huh. our interests, our hobbies, whatever it is, but I will like, I want to at least put the effort forth or yeah, put forth the effort. Yeah. yeah whatever I said. Um, because you know, I mean, you know exactly how it is. Like relationships are kind of weirdly like a muscle, right? Unless you work them out, you're never really going to mm -hmm. improve on them. You're not going to mm -hmm. get better at them. And so this is my mindset. I was like, I'm never going to be a better version of myself in a relationship unless I start trying to be in a relationship. Oh, I totally agree. And listen, all you could have done is be direct with, with Kaylin, which you did. Mm -hmm. But why on her birthday? <laughs> or was that planned? In my defense, it was... 3 a.m. the next day. So it was technically the day no! after her birthday. You, uh, you had a track record of giving people birthday cakes and then fucking them. Not, <laughs> not them literally, <laughs> metaphorically, <laughs> fucking them over. In my defense on that, you're it like, was a actually, half birthday cake. Just so you know, <laughs> you tease them, these girls who like want to have sex with you, I'm going to I'm gonna give you some cake and then I'm going to fuck you. And they get excited and you're like, over. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you over. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, What's funny about the birthday thing with Kaylin was there was a lot of other stuff that I did that they didn't air, which I'm kind of sad about. Like oh. I wrote her some funny poems. Probably help. That's probably. No, you're right. And it, probably, honestly, you would have seemed like a bigger dick. It softened the blow a little bit. I like shaved off a little bit of my mustache. And I like, you know, like when you pluck an eyelash and you make a wish. I like shaved <laughs> off my mustache and I let her make a wish with that. Yeah. You, they, the show. It was, it softened the blow you. a little bit. Yeah. And you want to know what's funny actually is, um, you all, we all, you, I guess you specifically know how much editing can play into the way that people perceive you on the show. And I'm not going to say that my edit has been good in paradise, but it certainly has been bad. It could have been a lot worse. It's like, I watched the show back and I'm like, wow, the, the, the editing team is really doing me a solid the on this one. The music was romantic. It, it really <laughs> comes down to music, right? And it's just tone and a feeling and the, sh it's, the show is good at having relatable moments. Sometimes we have all been on the wrong side of them telling their story. Yeah. And it doesn't make you a good or a bad person. If you really think about the show, what's going on, has, is anyone doing anything terrible? Like, 
for the person you think, the, let's say the Luke P of the world, mm-hmm. um, he is bad as he was. I mean, I'm not defending some of his actions, but like we've all in moments in our lives done things that Luke P has done where it was, you know what I'm saying? We've all been there. We've all had our weaker moments. Sure. And so, you know, when, when people look bad in the show, it's like before you point the finger, so to speak. Well, and it's just like the attention span of the viewer is so short. It's like in a week, people are going to forget entirely about you. I don't know. It took me a minute to remember who Luke P even was, even though he's such a polarizing figure on his season of The Bachelorette. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he did so many things poorly but again like you said in the grand scheme it just it doesn't matter (laughs) and wells wells is a big advocate advocate for this as well he's like if you're if you get a bad edit one week just remember that none of this matters because like people don't care don't care for very long (laughs) every i mean when people come on the new people who come on unless you're you got three top three or four and even then Mm -hmm. and they'll like I'll meet them and they're, they're always talking about something that they don't like. And I go, I don't mean this to, to be a dick. I mean this to try to give you perspectives. No one cares. And right. they don't like only you are fixated. It may be your mom. Right. You know, uh, but it really doesn't matter. Getting back to, go ahead. But why the birth, you never answered why the birthday. Why on her birthday yeah. did they break up with her? Yeah. Um, well, how, 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 how honest do we want to get here? Honest. That's all what you're about. I just, it's, I don't well, know. There I don't might know. be some, yeah. Yeah. Some, some behind the scenes yeah. thing. Uh, okay. I was, okay. So it was pretty well known on the beach through everyone, through the fellow cast members, through all of production, through Kaylin and me, that I was not going to leave that beach in a relationship with Kaylin. I was very, very clear with every person on the beach. I was like, look, I'm just here to have fun, hang out with you guys. And every single day that I spent on that beach, Caitlin got more and more attached to me like a piece of Velcro. <laughs> like you you knew, like, well, we talked before you went on. You weren't coming with back with her. The producers right. were okay with that. They're like, yeah, you can do that. I think that the producers thought that I was going to go in, do whatever I do, and get kicked off the next day. They didn't think that I was going to actually form a genuine connection with someone. This is, oh. this is my perception of it. I could be mistaken. You thought they would... You thought they th- thought you would be there for a day or two? They thought that I was going to be like, again, I could be way off, but this is what I think that they thought, that I was going to be like a gimmick of sorts. Just come in, show up, be there for two days, not get a rose because I'm not taking it seriously, get the boot and go home. Mm. And they, I don't know. I think you're selling yourself a little short. And that's honestly kind of what I thought too. And so when I was down there and I was, I was telling everyone, I was like, yeah, like this has been fun. I'm having fun. But Kayla knows that I'm not going to be her boyfriend she knows that I'm not, not, I don't want her to be my girlfriend. Everyone knew that production contest, all the fellow contestants. There was a point on the birthday night where I did all these things. I, you know, we sang her happy birthday. We got her cake. We got her champagne. I wrote these poems, whatever. And after all of that, I got pulled aside and I was having a conversation with my, one of my buddies down there. I won't say who it was exactly, but we, we basically were discussing for a while and we came to the conclusion. We were like, look, like if I'm on that beach, knowing full well that I will not leave that beach in a relationship with Kaylin, the longer I stay there, the more intertwined her feelings get into mine. Like the more attached to me she becomes. And so it makes more sense for me to leave now than to leave in a week and a half, two weeks when her feelings just continue to escalate. And on top of that, I was well aware that there was another guy that she wanted. She The first five seconds of meeting her, she was like, yeah, I want Connor, Connor S to come down to this beach to like take me on a date. She told me that when I walked down the stairs, she was really hoping that I was Connor S. 
And so she was very upfront and clear that she was interested in Connor coming down to the beach first. And obviously I had known at that point, Connor hadn't come down. So I was like, look, I know Connor's coming down at some point. If I'm here and Connor comes down, you're not going to be able to explore that relationship with him Uh because you're going to be like fixated on me. You're going to be torn. You're going to be in this weird triangle. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but if I'm here, you won't have the full experience that you want to have. And I'm not going to leave here in a relationship. Connor probably wants a relationship. And so because of all those things, I'm going to leave. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That was my thought process to all of it. What did you think about what Connor said after? About my van? Well, like this whole last episode, he was basically saying Kaylin cock blocked him at the well, wedding. Uh, 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 we'll get to that. Hold <laughs> on. Yeah. So then you leave, mm-hmm. right? And you feel like you needed to get outside of that environment to have a clear train of thought because I, it, it sounds like from beginning um, of from it sounds like from the first time you went down there to you left, you had been fixated this on, on this idea that you weren't going to be a relationship. And so having been in that world, I can, you can feel that, like that pressure of, well, I, I'm committed to this and how do I, you know, I just, I'm not going to want to be in a relationship. I don't know if I really want to be with Kayla. And then you leave mm-hmm. and then you're outside of that bubble. And that's when you started what, like, because you must've known, like you said, to, if you were going to come back that she was probably, you don't know what's going on, but probably hanging out with Connor and mm-hmm. probably liking him. And, you know, as we saw, you really put her in a tough spot and then kind of, you know, yeah, Connor was a little uh, bummed. He's a little sour about it. Um, I, so I flew back. You know, you get your phone back basically the second you get to the airport. Mm-hmm. Turned my phone on, flew back. Obviously, I didn't have like Wi-Fi or anything on the flight because it's, it was like some cheap international flight, whatever. But I landed in San Diego, which is where my van was parked, even though it was in the shop, whatever. That doesn't matter. Um, and I landed and I texted one of the producers, the one that I was closest with that I, while I was there. And I said, hey, man, like, I'm really sad. Like, I didn't really expect to be this sad. And he sent me this super, super long text back. Like, one of the ones that, like, has to abbreviate itself and then you click on it and then it expands bigger. You know, like a very, very long text message. That's in- yeah, that's interesting. And he was, like, he was basically, like, talking me through it. Like, he's been, has had his fair share of grief that he's dealt with in his life. So, he was basically, like, giving me his, his advice. Um, and one of the pieces of advice was go to the Grand Canyon and, like, think about things. And it wasn't, like, go to the Grand Canyon now and think about things. He's just, like, at some point in your life, make it to the Grand Canyon because it, like, provides perspective on your life and, you know, can hopefully, like, provide clarity for you. And so I was like, fuck it. Like, I've got nothing else to do. I'm just going to drive to the Grand Canyon right now. Since my van was in the shop, I had to rent a car, drove directly out there. See, I can't do that. <laughs> Good for you. And, Anyways, go ahead. And I talked to some of my friends on the way out, and all of them were, like, um, I didn't talk to you actually funny enough, even though I probably should have, because you probably would have given me the best advice, but two of my really close friends, they were like, don't go back. It doesn't make sense for you to go back. Just wait for her to come off the show in a week and a half, text her and try and like rekindle things after the show. It's a win-win. If it doesn't go your way, at least it's not advertised and broadcasted to the entire world. If it does go your way, great. You're in the relationship you want to be in anyways. Um, and I got to the Grand Canyon. I started thinking about things. I was like, knowing how attached she like Kaylin wants to be in a relationship right like mm-hmm. she is a relationship girl that's it's not a dig at all it's just like that's what she wants it's what she wants that's great that's perfectly fine and so i knew that if a guy comes down onto the beach that she's interested in and that is definitely interested in her there's no way that they're not going to leave the sh- the beach together in a relationship exactly and you would so, have no shot right and so it's like sure maybe we could talk about things but then i'm having to combat a relationship that she's already in with me trying to like be like pleading my case you know what i mean it just didn't make sense and so from that point i was like what do i have to lose if i go back and i get rejected at least i put forth the effort to try and have this relationship work out if i get what i want which is the relationship then 
even better. So it was basically a win-win in my case. Like I was putting my heart out there. I was letting it happen. If I got dumped, rejected, I guess was a better, is a better term to use. That's fine. At least I'll have known that that was the course of action. I, I you did the right thing. I think having, I mean, the hindsight yeah. is that, you know, it's weird in that world. You, if you start a relationship on TV, you should try if you can to see it through because even for yourself, because that's how it started and everything else is a bit weirder. Yeah. And then again, regardless of the relationship, I think everyone wanted to see this kind of thought process that you had and this uh, admittance of your insecurities and mm-hmm. things you thought about. And if even if Kaylin would have rejected you, that would have been a, probably a, also a great moment for you. Putting a good, um, good amount of closure, yeah. Yeah, um, and just your journey would have continued, so to speak. Let and me ask you, you this, because on the on the episode, Christina pulls me aside, well, pulls me aside. She comes out and sits next to me on the day bed and says that it was selfish of me to do what I did to go mm-hmm. back. Do you think it was selfish? I no. think I think a, a lot of people can perceive it that way. I was going to get to that, what your thoughts were about the, some of the kind of the the chat that obviously you weren't privy to when it was going on yeah. in real time. Um, I hated Christina coming over and talking to me. I could have. And then uh, when she said, she's like, when he hurts you, call me or something. Remember? when? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, Christina got really mad at me for calling her out on this podcast. Uh, I didn't read it, but I've, I've heard her, her fans were not so much. So I'll just leave it alone. But listen, I, I think Christina's again, I've said this, I think she's getting a pretty accurate edit this season in terms of someone who, constantly is inserting themselves yeah um yeah i i thought it was kind of weird that she did that and i think she's very smart and and clever um and knows always what she's doing right yeah um yeah i i I, listen can it be selfish sure i mean only you know the answer to that i guess is the point Mm -hmm. right um sometimes just like thinking a big picture uh people often in minus this TV world, when people break up with someone and they come back, they have to do it because they're bored or lonely. Uh, lots of times with questions with Nick, I'll get these questions and my quick response is, oh, he came back, what should I do? It's just like, well, just as long as you know, he tried to find something better, didn't, and now he's bored and came back. Mm-hmm. That's generally the answer and that yeah. often happens. Every situation is different, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in your case, you went to the Grand Canyon. I mean, you really thought about this. Kaylin could still get hurt. You might, there's some selfishness that sure is going on. You are thinking about your feelings and you are being honest with her in the sense that, but you're being honest with her in such a kind of intoxicating way of you're, you're kind of at the same time telling her you're, you're special. You're the one, you're the one I want to try to be a better man for, which everyone guy or girl wants to hear. Mm-hmm. Again, you, all you can do is be honest with her and you, you said this on the show. You might get hurt. She could get hurt. You don't know. There's no guarantees when you're going back in a relationship. I know you as a person, so you try to be as honest as possible. And I know you you have a kind heart and you care about the hearts of the people around you. But were you thinking about your needs? Of course, you were going down to the beach. That doesn't mean that you don't have a right to. And she could have also said no. Right. Uh, that that was my take on it was I don't think it was selfish because at the end of the day it was her decision to either say yes or no right so I don't really see how there could be a selfish and again you didn't necessarily like and I when I when I give those examples on like Q&A or whatever it's like you didn't like break up with Kaylin because you want to date other people you know like in the real life you're in a yeah. relationship and you're monogamous and then you break up because you want to explore other things that's not your case right. every situation is different 
Um, so do I think overall you were selfish? No, but I, I can see why people say that. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, you were thinking about your needs. All you can do is, is be honest. I, I do think sometimes when breakups happen, people feel like they have to take sides, mm-hmm. right? And so I think you're just seeing a little bit of that. If you guys don't work out, I mean, you just might not work out and who knows. But it was back to the original thought um, of leaving. It's funny how <laughs> this is going to, this might sound kind of selfish or like self-deluded, but like how perfect everything worked out for me <laughs> for leaving the show. It worked out perfectly. How, how, what do you mean? I left the show. The next day was a wedding. Chris and Crystal got married. I like Chris and Crystal. I didn't want to go to that wedding. <laughs> I, I didn't want I to heard, go that way. I heard it funny. wasn't super fun. Why? It was because well, it was a, also it was a wedding as well as a TV production, which it was a count. long day. It was more of a TV production than a wedding, so there was no music. Right. Oh. There were I had exes at that wedding. Like I I, right. I missed seeing my exes at the wedding, which was fantastic. You really navigated some landmines. <laughs> How many exes did you have at the wedding? <laughs> All of them. Three. <laughs> I got to. F- I got to see the Grand Canyon. I got to come back into Los Angeles and record two episodes of my podcast, Help I Suck at Dating. <laughs> if you guys want to subscribe, be sure to do that. I got to record two episodes of my podcast and then I got to fly back to Mexico and get my girlfriend. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. Like it doesn't, it, does, it, does, it couldn't have gotten any better than the way that it went. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, all jokes aside, you, you, what you were is you honest with yourself and you were uh, not afraid of criticism. Because in the moment, you say that now with the benefit of hindsight, yeah. but when you left on her birthday, clearly you knew that you could be seriously criticized. Yeah. When you're choosing to come back, you probably knew, I don't know how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. When you're showing up with a mustache, well, that's a risk. So, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you did things unafraid of looking bad. And usually that's when people tend to look good. It is a weird thing. Um experiencing this whole process knowing that there's a happy ending like knowing that there's going to be lows but then at the at the end of the tunnel it's going to be positive and it's i think that was my first experience with that i'm sure you experienced a lot solely on your season of the bachelor where you had like a lot of negative things people were probably talking shit about you for a lot of things but you knew at the end of it you were going to end up in a relationship because you were in the relationships right so it's like caitlin for instance she hasn't been through this as many times as i have and so she was going through a, a whole lot of her own you know um difficulties in the beginning of the season airing and i i kept telling her i was like you shouldn't be upset about this like yes be upset about it but don't dwell on it because like at the end of the show at the end of the day like you're in a relationship and you're happy like there's no reason for you to be upset about all of these things that don't matter well what what you i think what you're speaking to when you say to me is what you opened up the show with is you had the benefit of the experience of not looking good on your first time in paradise Right. right and then you survived it and you were fine. Yeah. Your life was totally fine. It really didn't make a difference. And so hindsight, you, I guess. you had the benefit of saying, and let's be honest, it's not like you were without criticism this season. Right. You weren't like, you didn't show up flawless without people like criticizing you or team Connor or whatever. Mm-hmm. But overall, people got to see your pros and cons. And, at the, and that's what people like to see because I think people starting to get to see Dean the human being and, you know, Mm-hmm. the the good and the bad and that makes you more relatable rather than this hot guy who like is looking for love on the bachelorette and i think other like kaylin and, and you see this with cast members they're just so afraid of it that 
any moment yeah. of not looking good, right. it, they start editing themselves. And Becca Tilly texted me uh, like a week or two ago, and she was really pissed off at me. She goes, Dean, you need to stop retweeting negative things about you. <laughs> because I would literally like, I would like literally see people tag me in a tweet and be like, Dean's such a piece of shit for dumping Kayla on her birthday or something like that. And I'd be like, retweet. <laughs> I am a piece of shit. Fuck it. it. I'm controlling this narrative. <laughs> yes, I, uh, take back I the power. I tend to do that too. And I get criticized on my Instagram. But I, for the same reason is, well, because the flip side is retweeting compliments. And that just looks weird. douchey yeah. and weird. And then there's a flip side of retweeting the negative stuff. Because what happens when you do that? It just kind of feeds into this uh, idea that you are this negative person. That's like the one downside or, is like people start to see. you have people who uh, defend you. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Right? Of course. You have, yeah. you kind of... And it shows like, it, it makes, I, well, honestly, it probably makes you more human. Right. I get Becca's point of view that sh- you are a great guy and you sometimes bask in that, but I get why you do it. I've, I've done that too. Yeah. There was, this, there was this one that was like a retweet for Connor and like for Dean. And I was like, yeah, I'll retweet that right away. Real, so real fast. Which made I you more that. likable. That's and it made a, the comment get more likes yeah. because my followers yeah. all saw it. Uh, I'm playing chess. You know? hey, oh. <laughs> How are you and Connor? Oh, we're fine. Right. We actually saw each other at the reunion. It was uh, it was funny. I I guess I can share the story. I don't see why not. I walked up to him. I was like, hey, man, like, it's nice to meet you. You're even more handsome in person than you are on television and from a distance because I only saw him from a distance on the beach that one time. Uh, we didn't really talk much. And then the reunion happened and he like tried to talk shit. But I was like, I don't know if he really tried to talk shit. Actually. To your face? No, he was just like, he was like, I just don't see why you left with this guy to Kaylin and then Chris Harrison asked me like what do you t- what do you think of it I was like well look I get it like Colin or Connor's this really incredibly good looking dude I was terrified I was like building him up and then after the show I like shook his hand I was like hey like it's nice to officially like formally meet you uh-huh. and he leans over and he goes nice to meet you too man I would really love to see the van sometime I've been thinking about doing the van life myself and I go bro you can't say that because you've been talking shit about my van nonstop on the bachelor in paradise um, and then it's, I DM'd him actually a little bit afterwards. I was like, just like reiterating, like, Hey, nice to meet you. Um, best of luck with everything moving forward. And he was like, yeah, congratulations on the van life. Like I'm super jealous of the van life. And I'm like, well, are you jealous of it? Or do you want to talk shit about it? Which one is it? You know what I mean? Ah. I, I, I really feel like this is an opportunity here, uh, to help Connor get a van and be travel buddies. I would love that. Really- Connor, Connor, if you're listening to this, I, you seem like a great guy. I want to be friends. Let's be van buddies. It sounds like a great show. <laughs> van buddies. The, <laughs> van, dumb, buddies. van buddies. Let's get uh, Connor. With Dean and Connor. And I will say, I think that part of the reason he was dogging the van so hard is because you know how it is. Like you got a producer behind the camera feeding you like, Connor, this dude lives in his fucking exactly. van and your girl's going to leave with him. And Connor goes, this guy lives in a fucking van and she's going to leave. Like he's basically repeating what he's being. Yeah. Listen, in, in that world, we play off. Yeah. Our, they play off our insecurities. We play off our own insecurities. Um, this, it kind of was a guy who had a crush on a girl who some other guy. And in his mind, you're like an old creepy dude because mm-hmm. to every younger guy, anyone who's older is old and creepy. And he was pissed and he was heartbroken. And I think he was really excited about Kalen and you, fucking stomped on his heart i love that the way that they played connor and whitney's relationship They're, yeah we had such great conversations at, at the, the wedding, wedding. <laughs> but then kaylin came over and no no oh. it's like we had such great conversation and then it like uh pants then having a conversation he goes so where are you from minnesota where are you from wisconsin <laughs> that, and that's the whole conversation wait connor's from wisconsin <laughs> um i think so michigan maybe well, somewhere in the midwest know. whitney's from minnesota oh very beautiful girl very sweet not the most talkative mm very very sweet i really i really liked whitney i thought she was really why'd you dump her then 
we didn't really connect on on a conversational level, yeah. which is okay. Yeah. Um, You're not gonna have that with everyone, you know. But she was she she was a really I really enjoyed her her and I've run into her a few times and she's a really really great person. I, I've always in, enjoyed her. Um. Yeah. Well, what else, Rochelle? Well, I mean, you've been so supportive of Kaylin through all that stuff. Yeah. And it's just nice to see. I think it's really sweet. It was funny watching the show back because Connor was saying things like, he's not going to fight for you. Blah, blah, blah. And I was watching it with Kaylin <laughs> and she looked over at me and laughed and she goes, through all the shit that I've been through, if anything, Connor wouldn't have fought for me through all this shit. And I'm like, she was like grateful that I was, it was like, it does kind of suck to have to like stand up for my girlfriend all the time. And even though like I can't necessarily be telling the world, this is my girlfriend. Right. Um, and I guess I, I don't think I, I was standing up for her, of course, but I was also just, in my opinion, objectively saying how ridiculous a lot of this stuff that was going on was. And so while, talking about the Blake stuff. Yeah. So while I was standing up for her, I was also speaking that how I actually honestly felt with all that stuff. But I mean, she, you know, let's talk. We have a few minutes left. Let's tap into that a little quickly. She, Kaylin is not without criticism this season. Um, and I told her that many times and she gets pissed off at me every time. What do you mean that, sh- that she has had criticism? I'm just like, I would like, I would just be talking about the situation, even like on the phone to like a producer or something mm-hmm. with her in the room. I'd be like, yeah, like this whole, all this stuff sucks. Like I get it. Like Blake made mistakes. Kaylin's not absolved from all of this stuff. And she would look at me and be like, oh, and I'm like, I would be like, well, you're not like, you're not innocent. In does this. she, does she know that? She knows it now, but she, you know, it's just like, it sucks to hear. I'm mad I, about. I, I said that to her and she seemed to handle it. She's gotten better with it. It just sucks for her. I, I think it was, she was still adjusting at the time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, cause she's not, and she knows that. And neither's Blake. No, no one is free of criticism. Like you said, in this situation, but have her and Blake spoken, uh, outside of the show and are, are, what, what kind of terms are they on at this point? I don't know if I can really answer that question for her, you know? Mm. Nice. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but it's not my place. Yeah. Good for you, Dean. Great. Yeah. I had to ask. Yeah. No, I get it. But I, they- I would love to answer. I'll answer this uh, after the podcast. But uh, That's fine. No, you should always respect your relationship. I'm, yeah. I'm curious, you know, you're talking about like how you weren't that guy that we saw on The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I'm just wondering like, how did you even end it up on The Bachelorette then if it was yeah. like so foreign? Well, I mean, of course... I'm I am that person but there's also just so much more to me that they didn't show on The Bachelorette Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and it's a lot more it's a lot easier to it's like it's more difficult but it's easier to be in that environment because it's just as like you have one thing to focus on that's all you have to focus on it's just this relationship with this person that you're trying to like marry essentially um how did I get on the show my my best friend called me a couple years ago and he goes dean i'm going to do something for you and regardless of what it is i want you to follow through with it and i was like mike of course man like i trust you with my life i'll do whatever it is an hour later i get a call from amy sugarman who's our friend and she's like good friends with uh one of the executive producers and she like talks to me for an hour and she goes you're perfect you're perfect you're perfect we're gonna get you in touch with the producers talk to uh megan firestone who's another executive producer on the show for like an hour and then it it was like fast tracked it was like over the course of a week i did like the psych the physical the meeting with the producers and then like three weeks later i left for the show so it was quick and it was one of those things where i didn't watch the show i had maybe seen like an episode of jojo season with my friend who actually was the one that nominated me so like i i was familiar with it but i didn't know how it worked like before i went to film bachelorette i watched like the first three episodes of jojo season because i was like i don't know how this works like i don't know what to do yeah um same thing with paradise i'd never watched paradise before going to paradise i watched like the first three episodes of paradise that's a lot of people i mean it's not who's made for the bachelor who envisioned himself to go on ben higgins 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, int- I was talking with uh, Grocery Store Joe during our fantasy football draft, and he was talking about his night one experience, mm-hmm. right? And again, I think it's, especially with the men, it's like 50-50. It's maybe some guys who sign themselves up or they've had a friend, but they're fans. They've watched the show. Mm-hmm. They've seen it. Like they, they, they go in night one and they they kind of have their lines they've decided they're going to say. And then you have other people who are just like, I don't know, I'm going to have to do this thing. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And, and Grush Store Joe was very much the latter and probably why he, he played a little bit too far into that and he got sent home, you know, and the fact yeah. that he was like, he told this story and I mean, it was, it was clay and it wasn't like it was, he showed up night one and he was saying how like, and not to say that Clay was necessarily disingenuous. He just walks up to Joe, who at this time he never met. He, mm-hmm. Clay, this football yeah. player, Grusha Joe. And, and Clay walks up to Joe and goes, I just feel so bad for Becca's heart. And, and you know, for what Ari did to her. And Joe is just like, all right, man, I'm going to go in the kitchen. I don't know what's going on. And because it, it was, <laughs> he just felt like, I don't, what, who, whose heart and what's happening? Yeah. I don't know. She's the bachelorette. She seems to be doing fine. And Clay was just like, mm-hmm kind of almost bachelor speak so to speak right, right. i'm not yeah. saying whether clay meant it or not i don't know but to a guy like grocery joe who's like i'm a guy who just sells like produce and mm-hmm. I, 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 this seems weird joe wasn't that and other people seem to fit more and it just it's just 50 50 i will say my experience particularly i don't i was if you were to go through the rankings of the contestants on my season one through 30 whatever it is I was by no means the fourth most qualified person to be with Rachel at the end of my season because I got fourth at my home downs. I do believe that the only reason I made it as far as I did was because I had a compelling family dynamic. That, that was my was favorite worth hometown. Yeah. I think like you look at like people like Matt Munson, Adam Gottschalk, these guys who went home much earlier than I did. And you don't remember their names because they didn't make a statement because they're so normal. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And because they're, they're great people, but just because they didn't have maybe as much of a, compelling story that they didn't make it quite as far and so i i have bought into the idea that because my family is weird i made it to hometowns on my season of bachelorette you know what i mean well, i mean you're there maybe there's some truth that you're selling yourself a little bit short too keep in mind that the lead has a say you know like people always have these mixed opinions of yeah i'm not saying rachel ever thought you were going to be the one yeah but she obviously liked you enough right. to bring you it was never long. weird between it, us but, yes yeah. um there is that. And I don't know these other guys that you're mentioning them, but she might've been like, I'm not even that interested in getting to know him. It might've been eight, Rachel's interest in like, I don't know, I like looking at him and he has a cool story and he can talk. Mm-hmm. As the lead, like I guess I've told, said this before, just ability to hold a conversation is paramount and you can do that and you're not closed off. And that is refreshing on that side of it. I just like look at the parallels between Rachel's season and the person who got fourth on your season. And it's just like, you're like in Corinne's camp. Also interesting, no, compelling hometown. You're no Corinne. It's not, it does, it, yeah, it doesn't add up. It's not a one for one. I know, you're right, like, you're right. <laughs> every season's different, but you had a, a kind of a trailer park family, not trailer park, that's not, uh, but like you, a gypsy, I don't know, like you had a compelling yeah, no. uh, family hometown, unique. Corinne had a nanny, you know? Yeah, very, uh, very heavily contrasted. We were poor my whole life. She was rich her whole life. But either way, it, it was a fascinating storyline. So, um, have you like, have you already talked about this to death, but, or like, did you do a deep dive into why you have those attachment issues? Or do you, know? um, I've experienced a lot of loss in my life to people mm-hmm. around me, like the close ones. Mm-hmm. Um, like my best friend when I was little, my mother, my best friend when I was in college. I think that maybe is where it stems from. Mm hmm. I don't, I've gone to therapy quite a bit for all of it. 
Um, I haven't gone recently and I kind of kick myself a little bit for that. It's hard when I'm traveling so much, but um, something I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, want to take me traveling? I'd love to. Where do you want to go? We're supposed to be going to the Caribbean or something like that. Ben wants to take us to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, yeah. Uh, I can go to Puerto Rico. I know you invited me to Egypt, and I can't. Yeah, oh, what the you hell? should go Egypt. Uh, Ride a camel. I, I'm. Yeah. I want. I want you to take me on a Let's trip. Go to I Egypt. would never go. Why can't on. you go to Egypt? It gives me. I don't know. Just go, Nick. It's what like it's like in two weeks, and I just I have. It was short the, notice. It was short notice. I, I'm sorry, I can't. We'll do the podcast there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, you want to get some tattoos with me? Yeah, Nick texted me last night. <laughs> And he goes, hey, man, do you want to get a bunch of tattoos with me? I go, what? <laughs> but say the reason. I, 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 I've, I've always kind of thought about getting tattoos and I never did. And I just feel like it'll like danger me up a little bit. I, I think at this point in your life, like you should be proud of the fact you made it 38 years without getting a tattoo. And now not. The only reason now I'm, I get self-conscious about getting one, I don't want to be oh, midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I just like, I've always... I mean, let's, let's be real though. You're well past the middle of your life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even going to respond. <laughs> He's not even gonna it's respond. a sensitive <laughs> subject. Let's face facts here. <laughs> got a birthday You think you're going to be 76 years old? I don't. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I have a birthday coming up and I'm really... Sh- yeah, I'm not happy about it. Well, wow, that's a Peter looks hot there. Peter does look hot. Peter's hot. Oh, that's cool. That's my ex girlfriend. Nice. <laughs> oh, there's the Kaylin and me one. Um, second row. Oh the yeah, this from the tattoo parlor. Um, cool. Hat. Yeah. So if you could, uh, if you could help me uh, with all the things I'm not good at, that'd be. I'd love that, and you can help me with uh, dating. Mm. <laughs> well, how? I mean, I can give you advice, but I can't really help you. That's all I need is advice. Yeah, but I mean. You can help me learn how to wear a fucking suit because you looked fantastic. I will say, I don't do a lot of things right, but I wear the hell out of a suit. You wore the hell out of a suit. I really do. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe give me some some book streets so I can have as uh, open and diverse of a vocabulary as you. I don't really have that. He doesn't Mm -hmm. read. You don't read. You don't read. I don't read a ton. I read. I read every day. I just don't read literature. Yeah. Per se. How do you consume your, um, I guess, news? Uh, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, like links to articles. I, I, f- I curate my Twitter for like yeah. information and then I read uh, all these articles, whether it's about politics, sports, the news. Do you, do you say of current on politics? Not a ton. I find politics to be just another reality TV show, hmm. especially to be quite now. honest, uh, especially now. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of a ton of information that get people a lot of overreactions and all these things. I I mean, I find that to be frustrating. I used to I used to be more into politics when I was in college, and mm-hmm. then it just was like it's, a, it's the same thing. You know what's funny is uh, this is going to ca- kind of get off topic, but now they're doing a pretty deep dive on contestants' social media before going on the TV show. Right. We've seen in years past mm-hmm. where there's been some controversial uh, figures. It's like why they're releasing them early now, right? I think that might be why. I think it's all it's and, part of it. And and so now, because I went back on Bachelor in Paradise this season, they didn't do it my first three seasons, but this season they did a deep dive on my Facebook. I had to accept a friend request so this guy could go back to years and years and years. I had a Facebook when I was 15 years old in high school. Yeah. I said a lot of dumb things when I was 15 years old. I bet. And I had to go and, and scrub. It was, a, it was all very harmless. It was like me making fun of my friends on Facebook, whatever. And just out of curiosity, I was like reading some of my old posts and I was like, 
I was like trashing Barack Obama. Like, no. Su- like supporting McCain heavily. So funny. And I look back now and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, <laughs> how did I, how was I so conservative back then, but I'm so progressive now or like so liberal now? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know why you were. I mean, I, I don't even, for me, like to identify with uh, Republican or Democrat or conservative or liberal. I, I don't like the label aspect. It, you pigeonhole yourself yeah. and you then people latch on. Uh, but I know that I had all my points of view um, from my, my parents. Yeah. And uh, like your friends, I guess. My friends. I joke. Uh, again, my, even my parents' thought process has changed and they've become more open-minded. But uh, I, I thought when Bill Clinton was elended, uh, elected, it was the end of the world. <laughs> because my parents told me it was going to be the end yeah, of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And again, I'm not here to... Uh, you know, when it comes, I, like I said, I, I think we spend too much time uh, when it comes to politics uh, of letting it separate us. Like putting people in boxes and stuff. It putting people in boxes, it, it immediately tells you subconsciously that that person is my enemy if you have right. a, a opposing points of view. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I think people have a hard time if they find someone who disagrees with them about a passionate subject, they, again, they push them away rather than saying, I would love to learn about your points of view mm-hmm. and have that other person mutually respect the fact that they have differences and say, well, I would also like to understand your points of view yeah. and then do that without raising tensions and pointing figures. And that almost never happens. Right. And I think that's why I don't like to get into identifying with those things because you can have beliefs uh, and have a discussion. And until that happens, we won't really ever have progress in those, in those kind of arenas. That's I agree. It's also something I'm not passionate enough about to really like care about arguing with someone about, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've, I don't find people to be open. So it's right. like, it's like arguing with the wall. Right. There's no point. Yeah. Can we, well, Dean, before we let you go, yeah, we're going to play this game called, do you know me? Okay. Fun little game. We like to play with our guests to figure out who between Rochelle and I knows you better. So how does, okay. It's real simple. <laughs> I'm going to read off a question. You're not going to answer immediately to us. We're going to guess. Oh, okay, great. And then at the end, we'll figure out if we know Dean better. Cool. First question. Has Dean ever eaten bear meat? Has Dean ever eaten... Of course he has. He lives in a van. Bear meat. I think yes. he would eat bear meat. He's He hasn't eaten bear in meat. In all his adventures, you don't think he's met someone who's like, here, have some of my bear. I'm, I'm going to say no. I think he would if he had the opportunity. I think he would try it, but I don't think he has. Do people eat bear meat? Oh, dang it. <laughs> uh, actually, interestingly enough, and uh, in, in, in Finland, it's on the menu at a, a restaurant where uh, Alan and Bennett wow. ate bear meat. I've had a lot dinner. of, I've eaten a lot of weird things. I don't think I've ever had bear though. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> One. Sorry, Rochelle. <laughs> Can Dean play an instrument? Ooh. Mm, I want, I'm going to say, say yes. I bet they all, his family all played together in that school Ooh. bus. Uh, so just so we're clear, let's like actually play where they, yeah. like, they really know how. Yeah, I think Not they had like a they, family band. I'm going to say no. We each specialize in an instrument, harmonica, <laughs> banjo, yeah. tambourine. No, I did not play an instrument. Oh, dang it. The unglerts. That would have been Two cool. nothing. Has Dean ever used handcuffs? During sex. <laughs> well, I'm going to say yes just because I hope yeah. it's true. <laughs> Nick? No, I haven't. Oh, you were smiling like you had I'm a I'm super vanilla in the sack. I just like it. Missionary. 
I like it to last about two to six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I like the lights off. <laughs> this is Dean going back to <laughs> the downplaying it, downplaying. so no one's ever disappointed. And I like it to be silent the entire time. <laughs> so you're both wrong on that one. <laughs> Can Dean name three of John Mayer's exes? What are you? You go first. Uh, I think sure. If he really tries, he can. I feel like I'm gonna say no, just to say no. I think I think Charles right on this one. Taylor Swift. One. Halle Berry. No. I don't I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. so. Selena Gomez. I don't know. Wow, Dean. No. What are, can you guys name three? Jennifer Aniston. Oh, good for him. Uh did he Katy did, Perry. Katy Perry, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So all right. I'm not, two, two. I won. Two, 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 two. two. Toe one to more. Toe. Has Dean ever spanked? their partner during sex it better be a yes i'm gonna say oh hell yes <laughs> little little uh, little pat i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> obviously <laughs> but that goes against what i was just saying missionary i know well you, got, you gotta stick to your narrative i guess minimal spanking <laughs> I have very sensitive butt cheeks. Am I getting spanked or am I spanking other? Hmm. You give and you get. I, I will say. You've been spanked? I will say I got spanked once years ago. Long, long time ago. Man. It really weirded me out. I'm not a mm. huge fan of, of being dominated in bed. It wasn't even a dominating thing. It was just like, it just was weird. Yeah, like not, the, the man's, a male butt isn't as beautiful as a woman's butt. You know what I mean? And it you? shouldn't be spanked accordingly. And you have a nice butt for a guy. I did win uh, my high school superlative, Basalt High School Class 2009, was best <laughs> badonkadonk. <laughs> I'm not, to, what a title. That's nice. And me and Heather Nemec, she had a great badonkadonk. Mine was pretty good, too. Hmm, wonder pretty what good. she's up to. She got married, actually, last year. Congrats, Heather. How do you feel about that? I'm very happy for her. <laughs> I haven't talked to her since high school, but she's a nice girl. Final thoughts, Dean. Do you have anything for us? It's an honor to be here. It's a pleasure to be the fourth male on this podcast behind Brad, Chris, and Tyler. I now see where I fall into the pecking order of Nick's friends. But not in my heart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably third behind Tyler and then Chris. (laughs) And now I don't know. I got to say, I feel like there was a fascination with Tyler with Rochelle, but I feel like she's truly in love with you. (laughs) (laughs) I've just been around longer than Tyler has. You know, so we, me and yeah, have gotten we pe- go way back. Yeah, I think Rochelle would have preferred you to just sit on this couch and talk and have Rochelle ask you questions, and I could have not have showed up. <laughs> Can I ask you this? Who do you think the next bachelor should be? Who do you want it to be? I don't really have an opinion. I'm fine with Peter. Has he been announced yet? I don't think so. No, next week I think. But that seems to be it. the rumor. Hmm. I know. I mean, listen, we all we all know and hope that at some point the show has uh, its first uh, person of color as the Bachelor, hmm. um, and I I hope it happens soon. I think the show uh, seems to know what they're doing. I I don't know. I've never met Mike in person, so I don't I don't know how he would be. How you've met him? I see that argument be made often. How the Bachelor needs to have a, a person of color as the lead, and I do agree with it. But I don't think that being a person of color of color catapults you to the top of the of I, the order for it. I, I would agree. And again, I've never met Mike in person. From what I hear, he's a really nice guy, but maybe. Um, not a good fit for what is required in, uh, of right. of that role. And, if, and as you said, the producers, and then they all know exactly what they're doing more than anyone else. I, yeah, to, to reinforce that point, I just don't think that if the number one reason 
we want you to be the bachelor is because you're black, then that's not a good enough reason for you to be the bachelor. Yeah. But I, I feel like that's, we, we know that too. And I, I, again, I hope the show continues to put forth maximum effort to have their first uh, person of color as the bachelor. And if Mike is the bachelor, I support it and it's great. And I assume that will be because the, to your point, the show um, thinks that, you know, he's ready and he'd be good at it. And he, you know, all the things that come with it, it it is a TV show, you know, and it's, um, you know, uh, so I'm fine with either. I don't have a preference. Um, then, you know, either way where we, uh, it won't fix all the problems we have in our, our country. Oh, and there are plenty. Um, in addition to that, I would just like to remind you guys, if you're listening to this podcast to also tune in to help I suck at dating. There you go. <laughs> Uh, it's starring me, my good friend Jared, and also Nick's ex fiance Vanessa. And it's a great podcast. We talk about love. We talk about life. We talk about everything you want to hear about. I'm just going to keep on babbling on about my podcast while I'm still recording this podcast. <laughs> We're just going to cut it up. <laughs> I know you are. No, have you not. ever been on that, Nick? He hosted I, I hosted it. Oh, nice. But not with Vanessa on it? Uh, not with Vanessa. No. There was a point where I asked Nick to... Oh, no. I just asked you to promote an episode, but I didn't ask you to come on. And be I think guest. I did. I mean, do anything you ask me to, Dean. How do you... Speaking of way, how, how are you liking your essential oils? I love my essential oils. They're, they make the van smell... I love the lavender scent the most release i mean there's lavender in a few of them but the release and yeah and the release yeah, it helps you sleep it does it helps me sleep and the nice thing about the van is it's such a small space that i don't need much and so it just you know it completely it just there you go overtakes me it makes me feel comfortable dean thanks for coming nick thanks for having me i love me. you i uh i look forward to our many adventures together i hope that includes traveling and tattoos egypt we got tattoos in egypt oh, think of all the instagram pics you could have in egypt <laughs> Rochelle's just projecting how much she wants to go to Egypt with you. No, I you think come? you should. All three of us I'll can come. go. Yeah, I'll come. Um, um, I'm grateful to be relevant enough again to be on this podcast up. with you. <laughs> so, um, No, I, I, I really appreciate you as a friend and your time, I think, on, on this season is one I thought was refreshing. And I hope uh, more people in the future who go on this show uh, take a page out of your playbook of just being their truest self uh, and not try to worry too much about how that might come across uh, for better or worse. Right. Because no matter how it comes across, it's you. <laughs> yeah. So there's no point in trying to pretend to be anyone else. Um, thank you again for having me. I love you as always. And that's all I got. Awesome. Well, once again, guys, thanks for listening. It's been fun. Uh, we will see you next Monday for another episode of Ask Nick. Until then, don't forget to rate us five stars. Make sure to follow Dean Unglert on Instagram and check him out at Help I Suck at Dating. It's been another great week, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.